Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. So today, we're going to talk about the stuck place of bitterness. Listen, bitterness is a common stuck place that has probably affected all of our lives at one time or another. So get comfy and bring your courageous self because this one is coming straight at us, y'all. Take a deep breath and we'll be right back. Gaming is big in our society today, and the advances of technology have made it so easy to access via your phone or tablet, makes it easy to purchase, and it also provides unlimited opportunities to play whatever games your little heart desires. And when I was growing up, games were mostly sold in boxes on shelves, or they were ones that we made up by using discarded materials that we found lying around somewhere. Or they were somewhere that you had to leave your home to access. And one of the places that we'd go would be the arcades and the malls. You know, one of my fondest memories of some times that I spent with my dad was at the arcade in the mall. Generally, my dad, when he took my mom shopping, he didn't shop with her. He sat out in the mall. And every once in a while when I would tag along, he would suggest that we would go and play games. And that's exactly what we did. We'd go to the arcade and have a great time. And there was this one particular game that always intrigued me, and that was pinball. The pinball machine line was always long because it was a pretty popular game at that time. And most of you are familiar with pinball and that the point of the game is to continually push the buttons that cause these flippers to hit the balls and keep them in play. And as the flippers shoot the balls upward, the ball hits against various strategically placed targets that earn you points and more balls to keep the game going. Now, of course, the goal is to get as many points as possible. If your balls roll out enough times into the drain at the base of the game because your flippers didn't push it back into the game, the machine eventually gives you the message, game over. And every once in a while, life can feel like a game of pinball, especially when we've experienced a letdown, a disappointment, or a place of sadness. And often without even knowing it, sometimes we brush up against those buttons of pain that cause the flippers of our choices and decisions to keep balls of bitterness in play. And sometimes we feel like we're winning in points by holding something against the person or people that betrayed us or hurt us. And while this might feel satisfactory in the moment or in a particular season, the truth is that we aren't really winning at all. We're on a path of loss. We're on a path that cannot be sustained if we truly desire to be freed up. But what if we declared game over on bitterness? What if we just choose to let the hurt, anger, disappointment, the hate, the betrayal, the resentment and unforgiveness, 
the sadness just roll out of our hearts and release their hold on our minds? What if we start afresh and anew and do what is written in 1 Peter 5 verse 6 and just humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that in due season he might lift us up? Well, I want to talk about bitterness today, a very common stuck place, and I want to offer a few reasons why we have to call game over on this destructive emotion that can easily take root in any of our lives at any time. And if we're not careful, it can take us out. No one is exempt from its visitation upon our hearts and minds. So what is bitterness exactly? Well, bitterness is the emotional and behavioral expression of a past hurt that has lingered and been held hostage. That hurt may have originally manifested itself in anger or sadness or even disappointment. Yet as time goes on, those emotions become resistant and fixated on the person or situation that you feel caused you pain. Yes, bitterness is the stuck place of hurt and pain that hasn't adequately been resolved. Bitterness might have seeped its way into your heart because of the hurt that has lingered as a result of the loss of a pregnancy. You've tried so many times before, but to no avail. Or maybe it's there because of the rift in a years-long friendship that was affected because you didn't feel your friend had your back when others were talking about you. It could have taken root after a contentious divorce and custody battle. Or it might be the result of not knowing why your biological parents gave you up for adoption. Or maybe having been rejected by your family members because of your belief and your faith in Christ. The bitterness may have settled in because your abuser seems to have gone on with their life while you are still stuck with the emotional mess they left behind. Or maybe you're in a place where the bitterness just continues to grow. Because time and time again, you have to deal with the injustices of racism and sexism, and it doesn't seem that anyone really cares or can do anything about it. No one plans for bitterness to find a resting place in their hearts. But listen, while our hurt and disappointment may have been caused by someone else and may truly have been unfair, our stuckness is our own issue not anyone else's. If you believe for any reason that bitterness might be affecting your life in some way, here are three reasons why it's time to get freed up. The first reason is that bitterness will blind you. A heart that is steeped in bitterness and resentment causes you to move through life blindly because the bitterness has your full attention. Bitterness is also hard to spot in ourselves. It's often a blind spot. Bitterness is a covert operation, and it lives silently and subtly beneath the surface of our daily interactions, and it prevents us from seeing and fully experiencing the beauty and the blessing in all that God is doing in our lives. And then secondly, bitterness will bind you. It will hold you hostage and trap you in a cycle of destructive thinking and behaviors. It comes out in grudge holding. It shows up in the form of jealous thoughts. 
bitterness also reveals itself in a victim mentality. It's always about the wrong that's been experienced and it creates a mindset that wrong keeps happening to you. It is chronically critical and negative, quick to take the worst perspective possible. Bitterness makes us jaded and it hates to celebrate others, but instead it finds fault and it stifles a heart of gratitude. Bitterness holds on to its rights as a priority above everything else. The right to be mad, the right to get back at someone, the right to say whatever it wants to say, and if folks don't like it, well, that's just too bad for them. It's stubborn and defensive, and it doesn't like to take advice because it's prideful and selfish. Bitterness's favorite song is Woe Is Me. And its favorite kind of party is a pity party. And the third reason why we have to let bitterness go is because bitterness will block you. It will keep you from living life to the full. You won't be living your best life because you'll be too busy living a bitter life. Bitterness causes you to isolate yourself and shut others out because it can't or won't trust again. So every new friendship and relationship has to pay the price for the unresolved hurt that lives on in your life. It will make you think you're okay. And you learn to keep saying, you know, I'm good. But the truth is, you're stuck. And you're forfeiting the depth of your capacity to joyfully flow into your destiny. And bitterness blocks your overall wellness. It limits your spiritual and emotional growth. And it creates internal stress on the body. Ultimately, bitterness is a dead end. It has nowhere to go, but it'll keep hanging around as long as it's allowed to. Bitter people don't have real peace. They have lost their joy. Bitter people are unhappy people, and they don't have any problem with everyone else being unhappy too, because misery loves. That's right, you already know. Now, several years ago, I was dealing with some bitterness in my own life. At the time, I was at a place where I was thinking about strategic next steps in my career. And simultaneously, I was approached with a job offer from someone I had come to know reasonably well in my work sector. And ultimately, I agreed to leave the workplace that I was in. And I went to work with them, as they framed it, work with them. But I was working for them as well. The change brought about many shifts in that new workplace and some of the change was necessary and expected because often when new leadership comes in things do change a bit yet over time I was awakened to actions and activities by this person that were unethical and truthfully they were flat out ungodly as an aside this was a faith-based organization before I came to work there, I had grown to trust this person and their vision for the organization. Yet I kept seeing this incongruence in what was being said and what was being done. I saw people being mistreated in a way that I could not accept. So I spoke up. And when I spoke up about some things, that's when the chaos truly kicked in toward me. And it was crazy. I started having anxiety attacks, 
when I would get to work because I was being bullied by this person that I thought I knew and wanted to work for. I was being harassed and others could see it. Eventually, I had to walk away from that job for my health with no job in sight. I had no idea that this would ever happen. And for what? I mean, it seems so unnecessary and preventable. So I was definitely angry and I was hurt. I felt betrayed and I was confused. And in some ways, I just, y'all, I felt helpless. I felt like I was being used. I was a means to an end for this person's personal agenda. I believed in the vision and wanted to do everything that I could to make it come to life. But seemingly for them, that was not enough. A hundred percent commitment was what they wanted for themselves. Even if whatever was being done didn't have anything to do with the vision, the people or the work. Well, God blessed me beyond what I could even imagine because he opened up a door for me to become employed within two weeks of leaving that toxic workplace. Nothing short of his grace. A month or so after I started the new job, I received a call from someone on the board at the previous workplace who wanted to follow up with me about my experience there. And based upon their opening comments, I knew they had been told a story that was not rooted in the truth. When they asked me for a response, I simply said, I have nothing to say other than I'm grateful for the experience. You know how we do that, right? And then not long after that, an employee who was still there that had reported to me when I was there called to tell me that she had had a conversation with the person who was in charge that used that conversation to attempt to turn her against me. Now, this bothered me even more because now, on top of all the other stuff, I was dealing with the hurt of being slandered and you were messing with my reputation. And I talked about all of this incessantly for months. I had friends who I had talked to about this who I would call and I bet they probably put the phone down on me while I was talking, walked away and came back and still heard me complaining about this situation. I did this for some months. The more I tried to convince God that this person had wronged me and had messed over multiple other people, the more God was convicting me about my heart. Seriously, God, I need you to get them. You saw what happened. And this one was my favorite that I used to say. You just going to let them do your daughter like that? (laughs) Well, you know, God can't endure drama queen. So I just want you to know that. And I'm grateful that he endured me. But y'all, while anger and disappointment are normal responses to being betrayed, lied on and hurt, I had gotten stuck in it. And because of being stuck, becoming bitter I was blinded to the grace that God had shown me by ensuring that I didn't miss a paycheck after having to leave that job and getting a new one in just a couple of weeks. I was locked up and being left out of the best that my new position was offering to me and that which my new team needed from me. I was with a great staff and a wonderful new organization. I needed to get freed up 
because I didn't want that experience to take anything else from me. So what do we do when we're in this place? How do we get freed up from the roots of bitterness? Well, I want to share four important strategies to help us. They certainly helped me in my healing from that experience. The first thing we need to do is we have to grieve the loss of the past hurt. Now, grief is the natural response to a loss. When we get hurt, regardless of the reason, it almost always involves some type of loss. Injustice is a loss. It's a loss of justice and fairness. Betrayal is a loss of trust. And grieving is a process. This means that it is fluid and not fixed. We don't want to plant down roots in grief. We need to be moving through grief, even if it takes some extended time. Sometimes when bitterness has set in, we may not be able to readily identify the origin of the hurt or loss, and that's okay. Healing can still occur without knowing the specific source. However, it might be helpful to seek out counseling or therapy to help facilitate the processing out of bitterness. In the previous episode, we discussed the AAA plan for being able to move forward, and we have to move forward even if we do so with tender hearts that remember the hurt. The second thing that we have to do is, okay, I'm gonna give you a warning. I'm about to use the F word right here. Yes, we have to forgive. I know this word causes some strong reactions for and against it. However, forgiveness is a biblical principle that doesn't have conditions attached to it. It doesn't say forgive if you feel like it. Forgive if it hasn't happened over and over again. Forgive if it is politically and socially acceptable. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 and 32 says this to us. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We forgive because we've been forgiven. We forgive because we choose to flow in the freedom that comes from obedience to God. Forgiveness is a faith move. It trusts God and follows his example. I love this quote that Dr. Charles Stanley has said for many years. He says, just obey God and leave the consequences up to him. That means if we do what God has said, he will take care of all the other stuff that we often try to take and carry or fix ourselves. And he will do it in his divine wisdom and time the way that he wants. And it'll be for our best. I've learned in my own experiences that forgiving has two really important elements. The first thing is preparation, especially if the hurt was egregious and or was continuous. We don't just jump into it somehow. The primary part of preparation for forgiveness is through prayer. Praying for a heart to desire to forgive is so important. 
because forgiving is not natural to our human nature. It is a supernatural act that requires supernatural power. God will give it to us and we become more prepared for it when we pray. So pray often and consider simply using a sentence stem like this to get started. Dear God, I want to please you and I know that forgiving others is at the core of your heart. Please open up space in my heart to forgive and you can mention that person's name or those people's names. And then expect that God will exceed your expectations because he can do it. Another important element of forgiving is remembering. Remember the times that you have done something that hurt others. And in case you're not clear on this, you and I have hurt others. Remember how we've all hurt the heart of God. Remember how we've all hurt the heart of God. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. And there's a very important part of that prayer that we can pattern our prayer after. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Remembering leads us to being grateful and gratefulness opens up our hearts for forgiving. And then also remember that God hasn't promised us a life of only sunshiny experiences. Sometimes life will include stormy seasons and those we would rather avoid, like being hurt by others. Now in the Bible, Job, who is known to be one who suffered extraordinary hurt and pain, lost beyond our understanding. He said these words to his wife in Job chapter 2 verse 10. Shall we only receive the good days from God and not the evil that comes to us? Now, Job reminds us that we live in an imperfect world and that hurt is going to happen and we will do it to each other. God has been good to us beyond our ability to comprehend it. So be encouraged and be ready to forgive even in the midst of the hurtful places. And by the way, if you really struggle with and are highly triggered about forgiving, get curiously honest with yourself by asking this question. I wonder why I'm not able to forgive this person or people. What is standing in my way or blocking this from happening on my part? The honest answer that comes from those questions will help to guide you to know even better about how to prepare by prayer and what to remember about God's mercy in your own life. So here's the third thing that you have to do to pull up from that bitterness. Get control of your thoughts. You know, bitterness stays alive in the rumination and replaying of the hurt and or the betrayal or injustice. It thrives in negative thinking. Kill that thing. Use the skill of thought stopping and reframing. Here's an easy way to think about this particular practice. Challenge the thought, change the thought. Challenge the thought by asking it multiple questions like, is what I'm thinking about true? Is it helpful? Is my viewpoint the only viewpoint in this situation? How is this continued thought pattern helping me keep my peace and my joy? And if this is true, what do I know that God has said about me and has promised me 
regardless of what others have done or said. And then change the thought. That's what we call reframe. A reframe is what can I think instead that will loop me in a different direction? So reframes can sound something like this. Yes, they hurt me, but I can and will grow from this experience. Or something like, what happened was definitely not fair, but maybe there were other factors that impacted that decision that I wasn't aware of. Or for that person to continually act this way, they must be dealing with their own hurtful experiences in life and they probably need some prayer. Now, the practice of challenge the thought and change the thought is absolutely biblical. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And speaking of praise, the fourth thing that we need to do to kill bitterness is to kill the pity party and opt into the praise party. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So to heal the bitterness and pull up from the pity, follow the praise party script. It's found in Psalm chapter 34, verses one through three. They say, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us lift up his name together. So listen, I want to encourage you to declare game over on any bitter roots that have planted down in your life. Bitterness is one of the most difficult stuck places to pull out of, and I don't want to make it seem like it will be easy, but it will be worth it. When we grieve the hurt, forgive our trespassers, challenge and change negative thinking, and get our praise party on, we can leave the stuck place of bitterness and get back on the road of peace and joy yet again. So that's our time for today. Meet me back here for the next episode of this series, Leaving the Stuck Place. I'll have a guest that you will definitely want to hear that's going to share about their experience in rooting out bitterness. I hope you're getting freed up and not living fed up. God bless you. I love you. Take care.